everybody. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Long Last Heroes Podcast. We hope that you tuned into our uh, New York Comic Con recap and even our Joker episode, um, in which we talked full spoilers. Um, I am Frank, one of your co-hosts, here with my buddy AJ. How you doing? Hello. Um, we, uh, we were really lucky and got the opportunity to go uh, to see the Watchmen premiere and panel at New York Comic Con. I guess it was about a week ago on the 4th. Um, yes, and it was. they were so nice and very, very kind to us. And we were able to show us the full premiere of the first episode of the Watchmen series that debuts on HBO October 20th. So right now we are recording early, but we will not share this until actually it has aired for all of you other people to see. So you may have watched it. If you didn't watch it last night, Go find it on HBO Go. You've probably still been paying for it with your Game of Thrones stuff. Go check it out. If you did see it, st- stay listening. If you're not going to see it and you want to just listen to it anyway, I'm telling you, it's going to be a bad time for you. You're going to not understand what we're talking about, and it's going to sound all weird and messed up. All right. Are you ready to go, my friend Frank? Yes. Okay. Because this episode is virtually one big giant spoiler. Yes, it <laughs> spoiler is. Spoiler warning becomes now. Uh, if there's any of you guys who have not listened to what we've been talking about for the last 60 seconds uh, you're idiots Uh, okay so Frank in 3, 2, 1 so the Watchmen panel that we got to check out was the coolest most exclusive thing we did at Comic Con it was very awesome thank you for entering us into the panel and being chosen Yes. Um, pretty much what that means is he entered online and then we waited on this line and then you get brought into this big event space where they do presentations on the stage with a whole bunch of chairs. We didn't know who was going to be there that day. And really, uh, Warner Brothers, HBO, they really fucking delivered. So yeah. you had uh, Damon Lindelof, who is the you know creator, showrunner of this new series. Uh, you have Regina King, who's the star of this new TV series. Uh, you had fucking Jeremy Irons on stage over there. You had uh, pretty much all the general cast um, that you've heard about, including uh, Tim Blake Nelson and the guy who plays back Black Manta. Uh, right. it, yeah, it, yeah. They, yeah, yeah, they brought out fucking everyone. Uh, what I mean, Frank, did you believe that they were going to have all those kind of people on stage at the same time? Like, I didn't really anticipate that, I guess. I mean, I kind of did. I uh I think w- once I saw that it was a panel discussion and wasn't just the premiere, I was like, "Oh man, we're gonna get, we're gonna get some people." Like this is this is New York Comic Con. It's like that, uh, you know, this in San Diego. They bring people like the cast and creators, and they, it's not just like the nobodies. And they th- this is this was newsworthy. This stuff like you see online afterwards, like, Oh, you know, we got to hear from Damon Lindelof and t- what he said about the premiere. And like, that's, we were there for that. And, uh, I mean, I think it was cool cause it was Friday night or Friday afternoon. Um, I think some of the other big panels that happened the weekend were like walking dead. And, um, I think there was a star Trek Picard, maybe even uh, discovery stuff. But to me, this one was like super interesting. I'm really glad that we we're able to, to get there um for it and um you know it's it's did you watch lost or did you watch the leftovers from damon lindelof 
No, I did not. And I'm kind of sorry that I did now because he seemed like the coolest dude ever. <laughs> and I would definitely be down to see what like the rest of this guy's like stuff is all about. He yeah. seems like a guy I can understand and, and like that I would want to listen to. He he's like he's from the the JJ Abrams like universe team. World. Like because Lost that I mean I've I've seen all of Lost. Great great show. Obviously super divisive in some ways, but we a few years ago tried to watch his other show on HBO, The Leftovers, and we watched the first episode. I was kind of down for it. Megan wasn't really down for it, and it's still kind of on my backlog that I'd like to re revisit because he's a really great storyteller, and, like, you can see it here. Um, like, so, I mean, let's set the stage. Like, he, he came out at the start of the panel, said a few words, like, and I remember hearing these sound bites, like, even a few months ago. Like, he's a super fan of Watchmen, he like mm -hmm. was really interested in in doing something with this, but he didn't want to be the guy to you know alter or tweak the source material. Obviously, like Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons are like very iconic in the world of comic books and have been like I think especially Alan Moore very standoffish in terms of like being a part of any anything. People messing with it, yeah, yeah. And so I think Damon was trying to be respectful of that and then you know obviously hbo was moving forward with this show and like he said something to the the effect that like i didn't want to be there watching sunday nights and not be a part of it like and you know yeah. i think as we talk spoilers like we can see like he is a big fan and he is really trying to uh fit this in within the world of the graphic novel um, so like, yeah, from there he, he, uh, I mean, do you want to talk about the panel part first or the show part first? I guess. So they showed us the, they showed us the show first, so, yeah. but I think you need to, but I think some of the news that we learned from the panel will inform what we learned and talk about that. So I think that we do the panel first, I think. Okay. Um, okay. So at the panel, um, let's talk about a few of the cool things. So Regina King is uh, from what we saw in the first episode, she's definitely going to be the star of this show. Um, she's on all the advertising, and, like yeah, it, and and she's really very awesome. So when you like you uh, get to meet her and, and learn about her character, uh, you know she kind of is this second generation of superheroes, and we're going to be kind of experiencing, I th I think, through a little bit of her point of view. Um, and she was just very sweet. She had been, she had worked with, uh, Damon Lindelof before and was very excited to come into this world. Uh, she said that she was a really big Hulk fan, mm -hmm. which I could definitely have seen her play as she Hulk and be awesome. Oh yeah. Uh, but it's, but this I think is going to be way better and more original and someplace that she can really root, you know, dig deep roots into and, and come up with some awesome new, uh, experiences. Um, she was great. And I really liked what she had to say um, when she was being interviewed about how, um, you know, how she got to see her costume reveal through uh, reading the script and getting one of like these little envelopes that you can't open until you get to this page. And then you get to this page and you open it up and it's what you're going to look like. And not and even that what that she's going to cool. look like. Like this is a, an artist rendering of her Regina King as the character like this. That's like so specific that. Damon so cool. was like, I, you are the person I want in this role. Like, 
and that's that's really really cool uh that it was like that much of a perfect fit yeah so that was awesome i loved listening to hear to see and hear jeremy irons like in the flesh who is fucking scar and you know one of the alfreds like he's a he's a major dude you know so it was super cool to um see him and listen to him talk uh you know he plays um you know an unconfirmed uh character more or less you know just an unconfirmed veet uh you know at this time we don't really know too much and we'll get into that in a minute but kind of uh you know told a very funny story about going to lunch with Damon Lindelof and him bending his ear and not understanding and you know that not not all of the cast got this uh you know two hour dinner was definitely the recurring joke of the entire panel which was very funny that was very very funny and like I think obviously we um we had pretty good seats uh we were like to the the right side and we're only a few rows back and so like we had a great view of the screen but like to be that close to some of these big stars was like a really awesome experience and you know like it's fucking jeremy irons like right there on stage like talking about comic books and you know like answering questions and um yeah definitely a little bit of that like starstruckness like this feels so like how is this real right now um it it was interesting to me that like the majority of the cast it sounded like weren't familiar with the source material but either like took it from like once they started uh once they got the scripts maybe they went back i also think that like because this isn't an adaptation of the source material it's not like they're remaking you know the movie or whatever it's like a continuation which um basically the way they described it it's like they're in the universe of the graphic novel set in present day so it's like 2019 and all the events of the the 86 graphic novel has occurred and this is like what happens down the line and so i think because of that um a lot of the cast members had you know are either brand new characters or like are different versions like way down the line that didn't necessarily need that context um so but there were some people that like were big fans um uh i can't remember some of the the guys names but yeah there were a few of them that were like oh tim blake nelson was like i've got three sons of course i've read watchmen like <laughs> that right. that was pretty cool um and uh you know like obviously you know that damon is such a big fan and lives and breathes this stuff and so um yeah like it it, it's interesting because like i think it sounds like you and i both are a little bit distanced from it at this point like i'm now after seeing the panel i'm like i need to reread it i was literally in a bookstore today holding a copy i'm like should i buy it right now i'm like do i have enough time to read it this week i don't know um and then like maybe rewatch the movie. I don't know. We'll see. But um, it's cool that it's it's coming back into the zeitgeist. Definitely for Buzzword. sure. Watchmen is so prescient, and that's kind of what they're hoping to do. So I think Tim Blake Nelson was really cool. He didn't get taken out to the dinner just to make sure everyone was cool. <laughs> and then the big piece de resistance of the whole panel, the empty seat at the end of the thing, was not John Johnson. It was. Uh, Dave Gibbons, who is the artist for Watchmen. And he kind of came out and said the mozi over this whole series. 
and over Damon Lindelof. And, and what you Alan mean by Moore that is has, the blessing, right? The Right. He said the blessing. <laughs> okay. He gave it his blessing and that it's okay. Um, because up until this point, Alan Moore has been very off-put by what is going on here. And I think that Gibbons gave a very nice and resounding um, endorsement of what is about to take place with his art. And that's very cool. Um, it was very interesting to hear kind of all the back and forth about that it's an extrapolation, that it, it's not necessarily the um, adaptation or a reboot or, you know, um, it, it's it, it's an idea of how to move this forward in today's time and deal with certain things from today. Mm-hmm. And I think that now that we've kind of set up, you know, all these different things, we can get into what the actual uh, show was about and what we got to see exclusive footage. Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about from the panel, Frankie? Um, no, just to reiterate that, like the idea of Watchmen being a reflection of the eighties and the cold war and everything, um, you know, the original graphic novel, like this show is very much a reflection of the present day. Like all the issues that are happening right now in, in, in the conversations about race and racism and gun control. And it's, it's all in there and, you know, you can't make this show. I think that's, what's very interesting to me is that it's a very much of the times kind of show. It's going to be controversial. I'm sure. Um, and, you know, even someone, one of the people in the audience had asked something along the lines, like, do you think that this is going to, you know, change uh, TV or culture the way that the book did? And it's like, no, I think he kind of answered it in a very good way. It's like, that, that's not their goal. They're not trying to change the world. But, like, they're talking about this source material that was always, like, such a hot button. And, um, you know, going with that tone and going with, uh, you know, kind of not going against the grain, but really trying to make a stance on some of these topics that like in other recent things that we've talked about, like whether it's uh, once upon a time in Hollywood or Joker that like kind of go around and talk about some things, but never necessarily have a, a stance. I think the show will have some definitive points. Um, and you know, that's why I originally was like, I don't know, maybe I'll watch it. And after watching the premiere, I'm like, I think, I'm going to be there every week. Um, obviously, we'll take uh, feedback from the, our audience. If you guys want us to cover Watchmen every week, we we can. Um, I, it sounds like we're both really on board at this point. I think it's, what, a short series, t- nine or ten episodes? Well, I think that's maybe the ending be- beat about what the panel said, is that uh, it seemed that they ended it off by saying that this is like very much a, a single season designed to tell one story but that if it does work there are things that they would do mm-hmm. you know in the next version or whatever they're going to do going next so maybe if it was like a true detective kind of thing yeah. I'd be kind of here for that but if it wasn't and they just like picked it up and kept running with it that's awesome too whatever they want to do then that's such like an interesting way of going about it right like they are waiting to hear from the audience because they want to make sure right they want to see if it works they want to make sure it works they want to make sure that it, it does the, the source material justice and that they're not going to just run away and be like, yeah, we're going to make this show for 20 seasons or whatever. They want to make sure that everyone's on board. And if they love it, they'll take the time to, to make it 
and make another season if that's what where the story goes. But th- it sounds like this is very much a contained story. Maybe there'll be threads that they continue later on, but we'll see. Um, so with that, I think we talk about it. Yeah. Um, okay. It's hard because so it's like we've been so, so not talking about it. So everything you know about Watchmen... <laughs> So everything you know about Watchmen has already happened when we pick up the show. We pick up the show, like, and it's a different universe, but, oh, now we're starting even earlier in these riots in, uh, I think it's Tulsa. Oklahoma, The Tulsa yeah. bombings in Oklahoma, yep. which is a really tragic uh, historical event. Um, and you're seeing just this horrible race riot taking place with, you know, the Ku Klux Klan in the streets and kind of this crazy, horrible war zone in America, which is a very real thing that happened. And you see this little uh, kid get taken out of this horrible burning experience and he's saved. And now he has this little baby and his parents have sent him away with these people in a car. And even the people who were driving the car are now dead. And it's just like really horrendous. But I thought that the stylization and the way that they captured this action scene was really intense and gripping and very similar to like saving private Ryan in like how brutal and, and intense it was. What did you think? Yeah. It, yeah. Intense. Um, it, it really, it kicks off running, right? Like this is, it's not easing you in. This is, this is the, the way it's moving. Um, and I think also having the, the, the silent film paired with it, uh, was a, a very interesting way to start it. Um, I was very confused at first when they had the the uh, it was actually the title of the episode that came up on screen um, something like it's the heat of summer and we're running out of ice or something like that I was like what does that mean and like looking back at it that's the title of the episode um, so uh, it's just very much a big comic booky kind of way of, of state stating that um, yeah and like it this this kid like. You, you really feel for him. He's got this baby. He himself is a child. Like, how is like he going to survive in this world? And then we don't hear or see from him again until, like, midway-ish through the episode and then again at the end. Um, yeah, that's... It really sets the stage. Um, it's, yeah, it's hard to talk about some of this stuff because it's been a little bit of time. I, I You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to rewatching it, um... But that's fine. Um, okay, so then we pick up to current times and we see uh, a new kind of traffic stop, which we've never seen before. And it is, you know, in rural Oklahoma and cop goes over and he's wearing a mask and he's uh, African-American cop talking to like a white driver. And this driver just feels totally empowered and you know, in control and is saying, I'll give you my papers. If you take off your mask, what Mm -hmm. did you think of this first interaction to the police world? We see it's crazy because like, you know, right now in culture, it's very much like it. Like at first you see this guy and like, you seem like, like the, 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 the driver that he's like, it seems like he's doing nothing wrong. Right. And you're like, Oh man, this cop just pulled him over. What did he pull him over for? Because it's like, that's the, the environment we live in. It's like that defensive, like I didn't do anything wrong officer kind of stuff. And it just slowly begins to unravel. And then like the, the officer at, when he goes for his papers and he sees the Rorschach mask, it's like, Oh fuck, what does that mean? Like, that's cr- like yeah. something is up here. 
Um, and then they have this crazy technology that, uh, like locks all of the guns. Like the officer, none of the officers carry guns and they have to, uh, call into dispatch to get their weapon released. And like, there's like a malfunction and everything. And it's, it's a huge tense scene, but it sets the stage for so much of what I think the season's going to be covering. Um, it's yeah. Uh, yeah, um, it's it very, very sad the way that the officer uh, ends up getting shot. Um, I don't think he's killed, right? He ends up in, like, a coma or something? Yes. Um, so, you know, that's interesting. There maybe will be repercussions of that later on, but um, it sets up this, this the idea of this gang or cult, uh, the 7th Cavalry, is that what they're called? Yes, yes. Um, Which I don't know if it's like a biblical reference or a con- confederate reference. Did you look that up at all? No, I did not. Um, for fear of being uh, what I would find and or, uh, you know, whoever's watching. Sure. I didn't want to. Get on the FBI list. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, that happens. Um, but it also sets off this chain of events, basically, that brings us to our set of main characters where uh, we're introduced to uh, Don Johnson's uh, police captain uh, who like, even in the trailers to me was always like, I don't know about this guy. Like, can I trust him? Can I not trust him? Um, He's super charismatic. Like to me in a lot of ways, stole a lot of the scenes he was in. Um, And like, it's kind of a really gray area, I think, about like what his motivations are and the way he's kind of managing the police system. And so um, this event happens, and it basically they are going through some vote where the they're releasing the weapons for the police to have um, to be able to protect themselves because they feel threatened by this cult. Um, and that was like a chilling scene. Like a really chilling and like bizarrely done scene of like all these cops in like a big hall together and heroes in masks, like all kind of having this big kind of like gang meeting about releasing their guns for the next few hours, I think. I don't even know if it was the next few hours. It was like it, it seemed indefinitely to me until maybe they were able to resolve this threat. Um, and then, you know, we get introduced to, uh, Regina King's character, um, um, and sister Knight, And so, you know, she earlier, we had seen, um, her with her, her daughter, um, uh, doing kind of, uh, parents school stuff and you do exposition. Yeah. Getting behind Uh, a little bit of detail of who she was and like all of that. Uh, we see so we know in life. this timeline, yeah. Go ahead. So like we see, so like in this timeline, we learn a couple things in this scene. So like, um, we know that the president, you know, as they do tease in the end of the graphic novel, that Robert Redford is going to be running, which was a joke about Ronald Reagan, actually, but ultimately is like a different spin altogether. Where like if you have Richard Nixon, who's this conservative guy who was in power for, you know, all this time, what would happen if you had? a liberal guy in power for all this time. And it seems like there are two events that happened. Well, after 
you know, the squid attack, the government has kind of maintained the, the squid conspiracy while uh, at this point, some people who have maybe read Rorschach's journal um, got mad after something called Redfordations happened, which we don't know too much about just yet, mm-hmm. um, which I'm going to imagine is like some sort of refer- reparations paid back by Robert Redford's liberal uh, administration to you know former slaves who are living in America. And then as this happens, something else happens called the White Knight where um, these, I'm guessing the 7th Cavalry kind of, came around and started going after cops and now uh the cops wear masks to protect their identity from having things like this and there are now these even more special cops like fbi detectives agents some different ways are like the new superheroes is what is what i at least we can take away right and yeah we're introduced to kind of the new team uh you've got uh Looking Glass, the Tim Blake Nelson's Super character, cool. which is such a cool practical effect with his like, uh, his mask, mirror-like awesome. mask that you know reflects everything it shows, and there's a re- really cool scene where they're inter- interrogating one of the white supremacists, like with all the in this like, what do they call it, um, the pod, the or something. pod or something like that, and all these images are flashing, and it's just very beautifully shot. Um, and then a, a couple of others, uh, nobody's super notable at that point to me. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, like, we we move forward, and they are investigating that guy, and then they it, it gets them to a lead of this um, farmhouse or, or where they, they basically find that um, some of the 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 gang members of the cult um are are hanging out and and doing some bad things and they went and they to go find them um in a particularly brutal scene um very hard to watch especially in a a sea of a couple thousand people um (laughs) one thing i will say is uh some for some reason damon lindelof like likes to put this kind of graphic stuff like this is one of the things that turned us off of the leftovers actually in one of the first episodes there's a, a brutal like Something with like maybe a deer, it got like hit by a car or something. It's just like suffering animals. I don't know if he's like got something like just maybe it's a way to be like, there's going to be a lot of violence in this show. So here's a, a way to, if you want to get off now, <laughs> get out because it's going to be bad. Uh, but you know, this shootout that happens in, in with all the cows and it's just like, it's gory as fuck, gory and disgusting and like. I said to Megan, I'm like, if we're going to watch this show, I'm going to tell you to leave the room at a certain point because, like, you're not going to want to see that. Um, I I would hope that that is just, like, because it's the pilot and they're going big. uh, But, you know, it was really, really hard to watch. But anyway, the the result is that uh, they get a couple of the guys. We see... um, We see them doing something with watch batteries, uh basically the old watches that are no longer Mm -hmm. functioning. And so there's something to that, what they're going to be doing with that. Um, And then we see uh, Don Johnson with this other character in, what is it? The Archie? Is that what it's called? Or the, uh, in, in, in an Archie, in an Archie, um, which was really cool. Really cool. Callback. Um, Basically big big applause, big applause. Oh, everyone went crazy. The, uh, so from, from the original night owls kind of vehicle, like helicopter slash hovercraft sort of thing. 
Um, very, very awesome. And uh, <laughs> this like scene where like it it goes down and they they blow up the other ship and it's like, oh, I'm okay. Are you okay? <laughs> like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Don Johnson, another scene stealing moment. Um, yeah, he kind of was amazing this whole episode until well, yeah, until well. So, well, what happens? Well, he dies at the end of this episode. Um, I'm sad that they, they, you know, really Sean beamed this motherfucker. Uh, he was super fun. But I guess there's more interesting to learn, interesting things to learn about his death than his life, according to Damon. What did you think? Yeah, I, um, I was disappointed, too. I thought he was going to be a bigger part of this show. Um, I don't know if there's anything to be said by the fact that he was, like, a main cast member Will there be like flashbacks and we'll see more of him? Like to me, this actually mirrors the, the original in a lot of ways with, with the comedian. Um, like think about how much like his death sure. set off the entire events of the, of the original. And so maybe that's what they're doing here in like sort of this like rebooty rehashing. Um, maybe that's a good idea. Maybe we'll see more of his life and some of the things he did. Maybe there'll be, like I was saying before, how it's like you don't know if you can trust him kind of stuff. Maybe some of his other deeds and things that he did in his life will come out. Um, we'll see. Um, but so basically he gets set up, I guess you can say. Like he go, he uh, he gets the call to go uh, check in on the, the police officer that was shot. And uh, his vehicle uh, hits the, the spikes in the road. And then... Um, we come to find the 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 young boy that from Oklahoma at the beginning of the episode is now an old old man over a hundred years old, yeah, and seemingly was able to hang Don Johnson's character, the police commissioner. Um, but there's definitely a conspiracy around it because it's like, how could he do that? He's in a wheelchair. We saw him earlier on when um, Regina King's character w- was going to her like secret office and he was sitting outside of it. So something is going on there. He has some role to play. Something going on. Something yeah. going on. Um, so we also, we didn't talk about uh, Jeremy Irons at all. He has a couple of scenes that are very yeah, much separated super, at this point. It's super point. crazy. Um, what do you think's going on here? Like, is this in his I head? Is know. he in space? Is he like a robot? I don't know. It seems super weird. It definitely seems like it's some kind of hallucination or dream or fantasy world that he's wrapped himself in. Uh, but I don't. I don't know. It. He seems to be in his big mansion with these servants who are helping him. But the servants are super weird, and he's being super weird to the servants. At one point, he's naked and writing, and they're like washing him naked on his chair. It's it's very intense and weird. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I don't know what that's all about at all. And, like, before that, there's this uh, newspaper clipping or something to the effect that's, like, Veet seemingly dies, but they don't really know, and or right. has been declared dead. Um, and, you know, everyone's basically assuming that Jeremy Irons is Veet. Like, that's his... It makes sense. Yeah. Um, so whether he's in... in uh, is it Antarctica? Is that where they were originally? Or the North Pole? Or... I think it was Antarctica. Antarctica. So maybe he's there and it's like this weird, like, 
reality that he's created for himself. I don't know. But like we don't know. There's a reason he's in the show. He has a role to play still. Um and so like yeah, a lot of ha- a lot happens in the episode. It's it's like intriguing it sets the stage for things to come um we i don't know do you think we can talk about the clips that they showed um no the clips are like um i don't know they show i mean we could say what what clips we saw like we saw one clip which was uh what do you call it um uh lori uh played by who was that actress jean smart and then we yeah, she was awesome. And then we saw another scene with Lady True, um, who is another very interesting character, uh, and they show a really cool scene for her. Um, but I don't I don't know. Like the they're from future episodes, they didn't tell us which episodes they were from. Right. Well, I guess the Lori one is from episode three, but yeah. uh we'll you know, I guess well, we're gonna yeah, see. Yeah, we'll see. I, it, but it was cool that they were able to bring out um those cast members and people will be like, Hey, we know that you didn't see them in this episode, but here's something that way, you know, a little bit more about them as, as we get closer. Um, and there was like a, a preview, um, which will probably be on HBO as soon as, uh, as soon as the episode airs, um, just teasing along, uh, the events of the rest of the show, which, um, there's a certain blue gentleman, I think. Yeah, he who may be reemerging. Yeah, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, I like this show, man. I'm in. Like, I, I think that they figured out a cool thing to do. I mean, DC is on fire right now. You know, I think we're gonna have a little bit of a DC resurgence as long as they don't get too cocky. And how they can do that is by being different and weird and going in different directions. And I think that this is a very cool uh, addition and continuation to the DC TV verse and thrilled that it's going to be on hbo i'm 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 set i i think it's gonna i'm a fan i'm already in yeah, i I'm can't in. wait i think uh it'll be interesting because um not only has there been the watchman original source material but they had the before watchman comics that came out a couple of years ago and then there's the whole doomsday clock thing uh in recent comic books whether uh damon yeah. is taking any of that into consideration for this show. I don't know. It seems kind of separate to me. I haven't read them, but, um, yeah, I also, I was talking about this the other day too. I was thinking that it would have been really cool. Like in the late, um, kind of not beatifying, but I would say like the, the, the push for the, the initial analysis of the Zack Snyder movies to be so horrible. Like, I think that walking that back is kind of an okay idea. Yeah. And I would have been cool to have Gibbons like say like, you know, like I think you could say what you want about the first movie and, you know, how accurate it is or whatnot or what you do or don't like about it. But at least it was somebody trying to reinterpolate that. And that's why this version is going to be so, you know, uh, much different. And we hope, you know, more palatable for the fans who are addicted to the first comic, you know. So I think that would have been cool, but, you know, I always have these crazy lofty ideas anyway. Um, so, yeah, uh, it it ends and starts in a big way. Um, it's going to be a great thing to join in the ride with you guys on, and I hope that, you know, we end up taking this on all together. Uh, if we do, you're going to be able to find our podcast at www.longlostheroes.net. You can email us, info at longlostheroes.net. 
You can find us on all the social media platforms, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at LLH Podcast. I'm AJ. And I'm Frank. And we had a great time talking with you guys today. Have a great week. Sounds good. Take it easy. Mm-hmm.